Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode 61. Thank you so much for listening. As many of you may know, I am a massive Charlie Chaplin fan, so it is my extreme honor to welcome to the show the grandson of Charlie Chaplin, Mr. Spencer Chaplin. Like myself, Spencer is a musician and also a podcast and YouTube show host. You can check out his music on the iTunes Music Store and wherever else you purchase or stream music from. He also does weekly live streams where he sings and plays guitar. Check that out on his Facebook and Instagram pages. If you're a Charlie Chaplin fan and you haven't yet seen Chaplin Talks, you need to start watching it as soon as you finish listening to this episode. Chaplin Talks is Spencer's brilliant YouTube show where he interviews people from all areas of entertainment, such as musicians, composers, and fashion designers, and they discuss Charlie Chaplin's influence on their careers and lives. There's probably a lot of Charlie Chaplin fans who are listening to my show for the first time today, so thank you for downloading it. Please subscribe and give me a five-star rating if you feel that I've earned it. If you're not yet a fan of Chaplin, I think you will be quite interested after hearing this interview. So I encourage you to check out the 1992 biopic of his life, Chaplin, starring Robert Downey Jr. And then check out one of his classic films such as Modern Times, City Lights, The Gold Rush, or The Kid. All right, let's get to my interview with Spencer Chaplin. But first, some words for my sponsors. Thank you for listening to The Mike Durban Show. Please follow me on Twitter, at Mike Durban, Instagram, Mike underscore Durban underscore show, and please subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mike Durban. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer-lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. You don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We've got a special deal for the listeners of the Mike Durband Show. Try BlueChew for free when you use the promo code Durband at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Durband to receive your first month free. And I thank BlueChew for sponsoring this show. So when did you first get the idea to do Chaplin Talks? Chaplin Talks, uh, I guess, it's weird. It kind of goes back a couple of years because I moved from Switzerland to uh, to London. Mm-hmm. First of all, where were you born? I, I, I think Switzerland, London. Where, did you spend time in Ireland? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> family history is quite, quite big. But basically, uh, yeah, I'm born in Switzerland. 
okay. in Vevey, which is where my uh, grandfather had his house. Yes. I was brought up in that house. And then, but my, my mother's Irish. My dad was the first, uh, first uh, child to be born in Switzerland as well, in Vevey as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to move to London from Switzerland. What brought you there? Uh, girlfriend. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's always the way. No, but I needed, I, I thought, you know, because I, I, obviously I do a bit of music and everything. So I thought that I would uh, come to London, try new experiences and, and, and just see, you know, I can always, I've got family still in Switzerland. You know, I, I can always go back. Yeah. So for Chaplain Talks, did you have the idea before COVID? Mm, not really. I, I would say as soon as lockdown began in March, uh, I just thought, what am I going to do with all this spare time? You know, you, I'm used yeah. to playing all these gigs and everything, and uh, suddenly everything got shut down. And I thought, why not? Why, why not just reach out to people and see if we can talk about my granddad a little bit? And it was also kind of a, a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there, as I'm sure you do, probably know a lot more about my grandfather than I do. So I just thought it'd be a nice way to kind of get to know my family history a little bit. It was really just, that's how it started, really. Yeah. So you had to do a bit of research. You have probably better access than anybody else. I mean, <laughs> you have all the relatives that you can ask questions to. Uh, are you able to go into the kind of archives of, of Chaplin? I uh, so there's an office in 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 Paris. Uh, the archives are kind of a, a little bit everywhere. So a lot of his old movies are being restored in Italy, and they're being restored like you know, obviously because they're so old, they have to be taken care of and everything. So there's someone taking care of that. Mm-hmm. Then there's different, yeah, there's different archives. But in the office in Paris, they have a lot of nice uh, like photos and uh, you know, and and luckily uh, I have a very close relationship with the office. Uh, wow. I know them very well, so like you know, if there's any questions whatsoever, I uh, I just go ahead and ask them. Yeah, you know, there's one um, glaring omission to me that in the uh, films that are available right now, and it's maybe not so much in the rest of the world, but in America, I can't find the first national films on Blu-ray anywhere. On Blu-ray? That's interesting. Do you know what? That's something I wouldn't know about, but I can definitely find out for you. Okay. Uh, I know some of the films are being... Uh, like re-released and stuff, but how they've been uh, some, of, especially the first national ones. I have no idea how they've been released or or whatever. So I'll definitely find okay. out it for you. Yeah, because I know Criterion released the kid, um, so I know that's out. That's been out for a while, but I'm waiting. I, I've never seen a Dog's Life. Uh, I have a okay. I have sh- I have shoulder arms, but it's on a really poor quality DVD. <laughs> so I don't even want to watch it. I want to wait till it comes out. Like the circus came out in America, I think a year or two ago. And it looks oh. beautiful. It's so pristine. The whoever did the restoring on it is is just amazing. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't had the chance to watch a lot of the Blu-ray uh, stuff because mm. I, I've seen them over the years. But I've uh, now that I've started doing this Chaplin Talks podcast, I think I need to start refreshing my mind a little bit, you know. But uh, but I, I'll find out because I know I know of someone that restores, especially like the older uh, films uh, when he did that he did when he was younger i know there's someone that restores them and they do it really 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 well so i'll yeah. find out who that is and if they're out and i'll, I'll definitely let you know nice thank you uh yeah because i got the keystone films i got those on the uh, dvd set they look good enough you know those are from you know 1915 1916 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and then the sna and then the uh, mutual films are on blu-ray and they look phenomenal they're so clear so i, I just would love to see the the first national ones come out of that has any of your siblings or cousins ever done any kind of a podcast or show relating to Charlie Chaplin? Or are you the mm, first one? I would say, I mean, my, my father, I mean, I'm talking years ago. I'm talking maybe 15 years ago. Maybe he, he brought out a, a documentary uh, that he did uh, and uh, it was all very nice. But apart from that, not really. Um, I would say I, I, a lot of the family members are probably a little bit more private as as was i it was only because i started to get curious and bored during lockdown that i thought you know why not and as well i think a lot of younger people are starting you know not to realize who he was and you know i know i'm his grandson and everything but i do think that he was quite important yes for for hollywood so i think it's a nice way to kind of try and carry on and and and, and spread the word a little bit yeah you know it's it's like the beatles and elvis that kind of icon 
they'll never get out of the public eye, you know, because there's constantly stuff coming out. I feel like Charlie Chaplin needs that kind of boost. Maybe worldwide, he's more well-known, but in America, I feel that he should be more well-known by the the young people and, and by the, the culture in general. Um, mm. No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, so I'm going to make it my, uh, my yes. mission. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see the Joker? Yes, film? I did. I did. I did. So you saw, yeah. So in that movie, um, they go to a screening of modern times at some beautiful art museum. I thought that was amazing. I would love to see more representation like that. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I have a couple of ideas that I would like to kind of get going as well. I think for now, obviously with everything going on, it's a bit difficult even doing my Chaplin talks, I was hoping to get a few more episodes out of it, like next month or something, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have a massive family. I think Charlie had 11 kids. Is that right? Yes. So there's probably right. 30 or 40 grandkids. Uh, I think. Have you met them all? I, yes, I, I think pretty much wow. I would say so. Although, and I'm still in contact with, uh, with a few, well, quite a few of them. But I have met them all more or less throughout the years. Has there ever been like a big family reunion? No. No, <laughs> no everyone's a bit spread out everywhere. Some of them are in Colombia. Some of them are in Spain. Some are in France. You know, it's, it, yeah, I, I think it's just such a big family. And it's been years since I've seen some of them. I'd love to connect with them again, though, I've got to say. Uh, which ones are you closest with? Uh definitely so my uncle my dad's brother michael mm-hmm. uh his family okay are they in uh, america Gerald, or... they are in spain oh wow yes mm-hmm. they're in spain uh geraldine as well i see every now and again uh as well so growing up we kind of all grew up sort of together you know all the all their children are more or less the same age as yeah. as us so and Geraldine was the one that played Charlie's mom in the uh, Chaplin film, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that she was said a, amazing. She said a, you are playing Charlie Chaplin's mother, mother, and so your grandmother. Did your father ever speak with you about his mother? Oh, yes, he did. He spoke about her a lot. He spoke about her with great, great affection. Uh, in the film, you see there's this ambivalence about his feelings towards her. Uh, we never felt that as children. He would talk about her. He'd tell funny stories about her about because... We would realize then that she was insane. Yeah, yeah, she's had a, a great acting career. Yeah, um, she was in. Uh, she had, I think, she was in the last Jurassic Park that came out as well. Mm. Uh, um, Doctor Javago as well. Like she did, she did. She's done well for herself. Yeah, and her daughter is Una. Yeah, Una, my cousin as well. Yeah, she's doing very well at the moment yes. as well. And she, I remember when she was in Game of Thrones, I was like, how is, because I, I wasn't, I don't think I was a Chaplin fan yet when that came out. And I was like, oh, that's said, Charlie, they said, Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter is in Game of Thrones. I'm like that, that young woman. I said, how is that possible? If you know, he was born in 1889 and a lot of his grandchildren are younger than me. You're probably 10 years younger than me. So I'm like, how is this possible? But you know, the man was uh, very active later on in life. So. <laughs> he was, I mean, he had a, he had his last, uh, child so my uncle christopher was the the last child born and he uh <laughs> i think he was born when my grandfather was 72 or something yeah, that's oh. amazing that is so- uh so uh yeah and my grand my my father is in the middle of everyone uh and my father as well has a big family uh, so i've got i've got one brother and six sisters wow Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's how I, I became aware of you. I was looking, you know, after I found out about Una, I was like, let me see how many other grandkids does he have. And then I first discovered your sister, Laura. She's an amazing artist. Uh, she does these beautiful drawings and paintings of uh, some of them. A lot of them are Chaplin inspired and then horse inspired. And then uh, your sister, Kiara, she's a, uh, a model. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, everyone, everyone's uh somehow in the arts in our family you know yeah that's so amazing one way or another yeah uh, and, and you sister- guys all look alike you guys look you said before many <laughs> times you all have a the strong genes in the chaplain family and you're right about that i mean you can yeah. tell you know yeah i mean i got that growing up everyone who sees us you know they're like you can just tell that you're all related even our cousins and everything yeah i mean like you see on one of the episodes my dad's just like well that's that's life we're related you know <laughs> but i i do get the impression that uh we have strong genes yeah yeah 
So season two of Chaplin Talks, do we know when that's going to drop? Uh, like, as I said, I mean, I've, I've already started uh, reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. I have a few interviews set up. But the thing is, is compared to the first kind of season, um, I would like to do a bit more in, in person if I can. Yeah. So let's hope. I, I, I hope before Easter, you know, but who yeah. knows? Okay. Who knows? I, I, my my aim was to do it maybe January, February, but now with everything, uh, you know, with everything going on, I think it's going to be more like March, April. The episode with Rick Wakeman was really good because <laughs> you were in person. You guys were outside chatting. And then uh, the, the two with your father are the best ones. I love those ones. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It's, it's great to do as well because, you know, growing up when you, when I'm growing up and, you know, your father's just sort of your dad, you know, he's. <laughs> just him i i I don't never really asked him about my family history or Mm. or anything so as soon as i had the chance to do it i thought why not yeah the last one it was the video of you and him going to the manor do you do your own video editing yes wow okay yeah that was a really good uh, episode i I, love it yeah no i learned i I learned it as i uh as i kind of went i didn't know how to edit before chaplain talks but Luckily, you know, my setup's not so complicated. It's like one camera or something, yeah. you know, so. But it's good. No, that's a, I love that episode as well. I love it. Yeah. In some of the episodes of Chaplin Talks, there's, uh, you put some movie clips in there. Who owns the rights to those? Does the family own them? Or are some of them in the public domain? Yeah, so everything up to 19... 19- God, they're going to kill me if I get this wrong, but it's like 19, it's written at the end of my videos, but it's like 1916, 1918, everything before, mm-hmm. uh, I think is more or less in public domain. Okay. And then uh, I think is it everything from the circus onwards uh, is owned uh, pretty much by the family. So, uh, okay. so that's where I got really lucky. Uh, I, I have access to all these clips yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can find all these clips on YouTube, by the way, you know? Yeah. I find my, most of the stuff on on by Google, uh, but for example, like the last video where he's in the garden and there's it's snowing mm-hmm. uh, right at the end. Uh, I, I asked uh, the office if I could use that. So nice. Um, so Charlie was a great uh, composer, a great musician, and you've inherited that from him. You're also a great musician. Uh, what Thank instrument you. did you first pick up when you were a kid? Um, guitar. Guitar. I wanted to learn drums, but because, uh, I guess because they were going to be loud. Yes. You know? No one yeah. wants to hear people learning drums. My mom, who was my mother, she, she said, uh, why don't you, you know, you got, there's guitar lessons coming to your school. Why don't you learn how to play guitar? Yeah. And uh, through that, I met my, my best friend uh, and we started playing, learning guitar at the same time. Uh, so that was kind of fun because I didn't have to do it alone. So right away we formed a band and did this yeah. kind of thing. It's, uh Yeah. I think that was probably like 15, 16, 17 years ago, probably more oh, wow. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what bands were you listening to? Like who inspired you when you were first learning to play? Uh, good question. Um, well, my dad worked in the, in the studios in Switzerland, uh, in mountain studios. So for people who don't know mountain studios, it's a, this incredible kind of small studio in, in Montreux in Switzerland by Lake Geneva. And it's mostly known because it was associated with Queen. Um, but before Queen had the studio, everyone recorded there uh, from the band. Yes. Like Rick Wakeman, like you're talking about um, David Bowie, Queen, Rolling Stones, ACDC, all these guys wow. recorded there. And uh, my dad was the assistant sound engineer. Mm-hmm. So growing up, that's all we, he used to play Queen. He used to play Alice Cooper, Led Zeppelin. Wow. Uh, all the stuff like that, you know? Um, so that's, I think one of the first things I ever wanted to learn was, uh, I think it was uh, like a Led Zeppelin song for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was all that kind of stuff, you know, like the old classic rock kind of. Yeah. Um, so you had your first band with your friends. Uh, did you want to be in a band or did you want to be a solo artist? Right now you just, you released uh, a single under the, you know, under your own name. Yeah. Were you mostly in bands or or with your name out front? Uh, no, mostly uh, mostly in bands because I never wanted to. I never wanted to sing. 
Yeah. I only started to sing once I couldn't find anyone else that, were, <laughs> that wanted ah, to sing. Okay. That's, that's the only reason. But uh, yeah, no, I was always in bands and I was kind of always in it for the fun. And then eventually uh, it just kind of wound up that I started getting more and more gigs, especially in Switzerland. And uh, yeah, just worked all around Switzerland. I ended up doing a little tour of, uh, of Brazil as well and just gigs all around Europe and things. So it turned out quite well. I mean, yeah. hopefully you'll, I can't, that's the one thing now is that I'm itching to, yes. to get out. Yeah. Have you ever played anywhere in America? No, I'd love to though. Yeah. Have you been yeah. to America? Yeah, I have. I've been to, uh, been to New York. My sister Kira used to live in New York actually. Oh wow. And before that she used to be in LA. Oh. Um, so, um, so yeah, I've visited her a few times uh, Arizona, all mm. that kind of stuff. But it, it, I love it. I love that country, actually. I love New York. I love the... Yeah. Uh, you're in Chicago, right? Yeah, so I'm in the middle of the country. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago's like a... It's a small. Chicago's like a smaller New York. It's it's maybe one-tenth of the size of New York, but it's... Uh, New York definitely has that energy. Yeah, that exactly. And you know the... Um, the very first episode of, of Chaplin Talks, I was talking to a violinist uh, called Philippe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives in Chicago, I think. He's uh, he's a really talented guy. Uh, but he tells oh. me he loves he he absolutely adores uh, Chicago. Yeah, and uh, actually, Charlie came through Chicago. Okay, I think right when he started at, at SNA, I know they did one uh, short film here. I think it was uh, his new job. The title oh, was the okay. title of the film. He did that here, and I think he hated the the cold. It must have been in the winter, so he said, "No, I want to go back out to California." So they moved back out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because Chicago's nickname is isn't it the windy city? Or? It is the wind. Yeah, it's very cold and damp. Yeah, it's very miserable. So uh, <laughs> it's not different to England then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that he um, passed. Definitely would have. I mean, he went on a tour of America a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, everywhere I go, I see. I, this is the thing. Now that I'm actively kind of looking, not looking for it, but I'm seeing things that, and you start learning of places he went to that. And I had no idea. Um, I mean, how he traveled around, especially in those days. Yeah, by train. Being a nightmare by train, or or even you know to get to different countries, you'd take a boat. Yeah, take weeks or days, you know. Yep. So, getting back to your music career, um, I've really enjoyed your live streams that you've been doing on Facebook throughout the lockdown. Okay, let's do a bit of Elvis for. Uh, is it Candace's aunt? My mom loves your voice. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. So does my mom. <laughs> I gave a letter to the postman He put it in his sack Bright and early next morning He brought my letter back Rewrote upon it Return the sender Address unknown In no such number In no such zone Has that helped you connect with uh, your friends and family that you, you haven't been able to see? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the main reason why I did it. One was to, because I, you know, I had the the itch to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after, it's also a nice way because my whole family comes on, yeah, and, and watches, which is quite funny. Yeah, I see them in the comments. I was like, oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, I'm very familiar with most of their names. I'm like, oh, that one, she's this guy's daughter. You know, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And speaking about uh, cousins and everything on my father's side. I mean, there's some of them that come on. I haven't seen them in years and they come on and they start writing and it, it, it's really good fun. Yeah. So you take requests, you play a lot of great uh, classic rock cover songs on there. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. So uh, <laughs> where, where can we check that out at? Uh, I do it on my Facebook page, which is, uh, I think, just Spencer Chaplin. And then on my Instagram. And I'll usually put it, uh, if, you can find me on Instagram at Spencer Chaplin one mm-hmm. And uh, I'll depending on what's going on, you know, but I'm trying to do it every week for now, every yeah. Saturday. So you're, you know, obviously you play just acoustic when you're doing that. It's you singing and playing acoustic guitar. What kind of electric guitars do you have in your collection? Ooh, uh, I, have a, I have a Les Paul. Um, I have this Epiphone kind of jazz guitar, which is one of my first guitars that my dad bought me, which I love. And I kind of uh, it gets a bit boring, but I, I changed one of the pickups and everything, and I put foam inside so it doesn't feed back so much. Yeah. But it's I love it, I love it. And then I have uh, this uh, kind of Martin, which is just a Mexican Martin, but I've been using it for so long and it's beat up. I've glued it back together, everything, and 
it's you know i absolutely love it uh but i have a few uh, i got a big Marshall stack of JCM 800 as well, which I've mm. never used live. <laughs> <laughs> it just sits in a room. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I have a few, I can't remember what else. Um, I'm sure I have like a, an Ibanez and, and, and a few things like that, yeah. but you, you play as well. No. Yeah. I play guitar and, uh, bass is my main instrument. So, okay, cool. Like, yeah. Check out, check out my guitar picks. This is, I've been using these for years. Oh, nice. Awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Charlie yeah. Chaplin yeah exactly did you have that made or are those available somewhere no i had them made i I had them made and um i think it's steve clayton they make guitar picks or something Hmm. uh also during the lockdown you released the song i need you And, and the song in the video i love that song uh, great video too did you write that during covid yes i did it so i was in switzerland uh i used to play in a ski resort called uh zermatt and i spent many many years there uh living there all year round and it's a it's a tiny little it's on the edge of italy and I, are you familiar with the mountain the matterhorn the only reason I know the Matterhorn because it's in Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the Matterhorn is based is, is in Zermatt. So if you go have a look, it's this beautiful mountain. And anyway, there's a lot of live music and everything. And uh, one of my good friends, uh, I, I had to re- basically run out of Switzerland because lockdown was happening. Yeah. So I, I flew there, got there within the day, pretty much. We had to we had to leave because we, it was going into shutdown. So uh, as I was leaving, I was speaking to my friend, and I like we know what let's make the most of it. Let's try and write a song. And, uh, that's how it happened. Really. Do you have any plans to release any more music soon? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there'll be one coming out again very soon. Uh, not, not, not a date yet. I'm still, I'm in the final stages of, uh, kind of mixing and waiting for some guitar parts to come in and stuff from some friends and whatever, but it's uh, definitely coming. My aim is to, uh, maybe get a, get an album before, you know, this all ends. Cool. Now that I have the time. <laughs> yeah. So as I mentioned before, Charlie was a great composer uh, and musician himself. What are some of your favorite songs that he composed? Ooh, that's really interesting. Good question. <laughs> uh, God, so many, yeah. so many. What I love about him, especially his music, is that he, did, he had no idea how to, to, how to write. You know, he was completely self-taught. Yeah. So... Oh God, so many. I, I tell you what sticks out uh, in my head. There was a song called This Is My Song uh, that Petula Clark ended up singing uh, in the in the 60s. Uh, which is a, a really really cool song which not many people know that either he wrote or uh, composed and so if you haven't checked it out you should go listen to it because it's a, it's a great song yeah that's from the uh countess in hong kong right yeah it's from yes. his last film exactly exactly yeah 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 i've only seen that movie once but he's uh he, he has a, a little cameo and he like opens the door i think he's the janitor yeah. or something <laughs> and i think uh, it's just so weird just to see him at that age like in a film i'm like wow there he is yeah, no, he's he's uh, I, he was an incredible guy. I mean, he for a guy to come out of London and end up in America, and then you know he decides that he wants to make movies, but not only make movies, he wants to direct, he wants to write them. Yeah, he wants to make all the music. I mean, he was crazy yeah, for those. He did times. it all. He did it all. Yeah, I have a couple of questions about the manor. When did you guys decide to open it to the public? So. The idea came years ago. When I say years ago, it probably came like 20 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That was when the first, but Switzerland, <laughs> I love, I absolutely adore Switzerland, but Switzerland can sometimes be quite slow because they, they you know, they, they, they meticulously go through ev- everything. Mm. So by the time everything happened, it took a good 15 years for it to open up. Uh, yeah, it was just a family's idea. I think instead of wanting to sell the house, they wanted to turn it into something, you know, to remember my grandfather by, which turns out to have been a great idea. Yes. Does your family own it then? No, so the museum, the building itself is owned by a company. Okay. Um, and it is run, uh, so it's managed by uh, a museum company. Who I think they're one of the biggest museum companies in the world. And uh, yeah, and the family basically own everything inside, like and have okay. all the rights to everything and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So can you go there? Well, if if we weren't in lockdown right now, are you able to just go there whenever you want and and just walk around and, <laughs> and, and hang out there? <laughs> I, I wish. No, I mean now it's a. I mean it's a full blown. It's it's a big museum. Yeah. Uh, um. If you really wanted to go around, you could spend all day there if you really wanted to. It probably takes three hours. You know, just to go around at least. Yeah. And. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I you, well, I mean, I can go there I, if I if I ask, if I warn beforehand, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have a key to get in, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah. Talking about movies, uh, the Chaplin film from 1992, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think of Robert Downey Jr. playing your grandfather? He was incredible. Yeah, he was really incredible. Um, I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that. huh? Yeah, I, I think so. The tramp can't talk. The minute he talks, he's dead. And who the hell's gonna pay to see you when everybody else has gone over to sound? Who? I'll tell you who. The Japanese for one thing, and the Ruskies for another, and anyone else who doesn't happen to speak English. Well, you've forgotten about the other nine-tenths of the globe. But no, he did a really good job. He did, I know they were looking to get, um, I think it was Dustin Hoffman at the time, mm. to do it, but uh, luckily... They kind of went for someone a bit younger, and no, he did an incredible job. It's a great film. It's a really good film. I know they per- they focus a little bit on his personal life, as you know you would, because yeah. it was he had a pretty crazy personal life. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I think I do think his story is just so much happened that you can't really make it into one film. Yeah, I've heard that someone was thinking about making a mini series of his life, so it's not just a movie, but it's a multi part mini series. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I, I think that's a, an idea that's been going on for uh, a while. But I think it would be—I think it would make a, a great series. Hopefully, it will come to life one day. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I—I I think his—I think his life is really fascinating. So I think it would make a great series. And um, there was—I've also read about either an HBO or a Showtime documentary. Any news on that? Ooh, I do you know what? I have no idea. I wish I could uh, say, but I, I actually don't know. That's something I think would be great. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I think the you know the more shows you can have, the better. Exactly. But uh, I saw, I think Chaplin, the the nineteen ninety two movie has just been uh, put onto Amazon or Netflix, one of the two, so people can check that out. Yeah, it's little things like that. You know, it just needs to be uh, made more accessible to the common folk. You know, they need to just be able to. Just, you know, Netflix would be awesome if it's on there. Anybody can watch it and uh, yeah. just become more aware of him, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, I'm sure that I've got a feeling that might happen, you know? Yeah. I've got a feeling his, his movies are going to start appearing. Good. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you said <laughs> you visited Kira when she lived in L.A. Mm-hmm. But I think I asked you uh, before, maybe in a in an email or a Facebook question. Um, you've never been to the studio, though, right? No. Yeah. No, so when I was with Kira in LA, we kind of drove past it and stopped out front. But yeah. I've never been inside. Uh, my dad has. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely love to go. Yeah, I mean the history of that place is just crazy in general. Musically, I have to go. Yeah, he built it, and then uh, I think he sold it when he got exiled from America. Mm-hmm. Goddamn Americans kicking him <laughs> out. You know, I just I still can't believe that happened. You know, but. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, a lot of people recorded there. A lot of famous musicians recorded there. And uh, I think some TV shows were shot there in the maybe in the 60s. And uh, We Are the World was filmed there and recorded. Yes, exactly. Which is pretty 
amazing in itself, you know? Yeah. Now you have, uh, is it Sesame Street? Is, uh, uh, it's Jim Henson. Yeah, Jim Henson, Muppets is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's uh, it's a pretty cool place. I, I have no idea who to contact if I ever want to go there, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I do. That'd be that'd be a great Chaplin Talks episode. Is you? Yeah, going in there, you know. Yeah, I've been uh, you know brainstorming a lot of ideas. So I, I really hope. I, it's the problem is season two. I don't want season two to be uh, you know just as good as season one. I want it to be better. So I need yeah. to come up with lots of ideas. But I, I, as I said, his there's so many aspects of his life. Hopefully there'll be enough content out there yeah yeah i lived in la from 2012 to 2014 so yeah so i know i know about the layout and all the stuff like that but i wasn't a fan yet so i wasn't able to appreciate it but uh, i went there on vacation in 2018 and at that point i had a i got a book it's i think it's called like silent traces and it's just a whole book of uh, all the film locations that he filmed everything at Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Yes. It's phenomenal. There's pictures of what it looked like then and what it looks like now. And uh, I actually lived, I lived about a block away from where he shot between showers. It's oh, really? Where, yes. <laughs> there's a part where he's walking through a park and I lived a block away from there, but I never knew it. I, t- I took so my dog there probably 500 times, but I never knew <laughs> that Charlie Chaplin shot a, a scene there. So um, yeah, that's quite cool, huh? Yeah, and, and Modern Times is my favorite movie. So I've gone back and I, I revisited some of the, those locations, like when they're coming up in the beginning from the subway. Yep. Like that's actually a couple blocks south of the studios. And I think there's like a Target near there now. So, um, yeah, another another scene is when, uh, I think it's when he gets out of jail and he, he sees Paulette Goddard standing there. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was on, that's a shot on Hollywood Boulevard. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Just yeah. uh, all those times. Um, I went to. Uh, I don't know. Did you see? There's a video on uh, on YouTube that I. When I moved to London, I uh, contacted this guy because I wanted to kind of retrace my grandfather's steps. Yes. And at the time, I was watching this YouTube show called Jules Guides, and he's a guy who always makes these videos around London and shows you parts of London. So I thought I'm going to message this guy and uh, just see if, not even to do a video, just see if he knows anything about my granddad and if he can show me around a bit. Mm-hmm. And he replied saying, uh, no, I have no idea, but if you do a video with me, I'll uh, give you the tour for free. Today we're in Kennington, and imagine my surprise when I got an email saying, can you show me around the Charlie Chaplin Walk of London? And I said, well, I mean, I don't really know that much about him. And he said, yeah, yeah, but, but my name's Spencer Chaplin. I'm his grandson, and here he is right now. Excellent. Hello, Spencer. Hello. How, How are you, you doing? doing? Excellent, excellent. And then, uh, you know, I'll do my research and I'll take you around. So uh, my sister and Kira and I went around uh, London and kind of retraced all these steps and there's actually quite a lot of buildings and especially a lot of the old pubs that he r- writes about in his autobiography as a child they're all still there yeah you know three stags this pub's really significant in the life of charlie chaplin because this is the last place he saw his dad some of the buildings had plaques on them and they said you know charlie chaplin lived here or worked here or something yeah, yeah. i saw i've seen that that video a couple times that's uh everybody check that out on youtube it's really awesome yeah, no, it's a really cool, it's a really cool, that was fun. I would say that was probably the, the real beginning of Chaplin Talks, even though it wasn't me doing it, you know? Yeah. All right, so just winding down here, I just have really uh, one final question for you. You know, there are a lot of people that haven't been exposed to Charlie Chaplin. Um, if you could recommend one Charlie Chaplin film to someone who's never seen any of his work before, which one would it be? That's a very good question. So, oof. See, my personal favorite, I would say, is Monsieur Verdu, which is kind of yeah. a, an underrated film, but he's also not dressed in character as a tramp, you know? So, yeah. he's, he's, so, I mean, I would tell people to watch that, but I guess if you really wanted to get them familiarized with the tramp, I would probably say probably the, the circus, something like that, the circus or City Lights. Yeah. Because I feel, I feel like those are his two kind of big films the circus is just fun is really fun to watch but if you really want to get into the emotional stuff then city lights is the is the one you know yeah especially the ending yeah the ending it's it's just so well so well done and uh you know he spent a long time making that film mm-hmm. he did was it 432 takes of one 
scene. <laughs> yeah, like the ending scene, he, he did a lot of takes. And then the other one was, uh, I think, when he got out of the car. Yes. You know, when the girl was selling the flowers. Exactly. Like, just an insane amount of takes. And that was back in, you know, the film days. It wasn't like digital where, you know, you could do it as many times as you want. But, you know. Yeah. He was a perfectionist, so. I, uh, I quickly, I have, a, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, so you said uh, back, going back a few years, you weren't a fan. So what made you, how did you discover? Great question. Um, so my dad was always a fan. Okay. He okay. was, he, I think my dad was born like two years before your dad. So my dad's a little bit older than your dad. When I was a little baby, I see pictures of, of me in the apartment that we lived in. And he had a poster of, um, I forget the film where he's in the jail outfit. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. But I've got a mind blank yeah. as well. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. There's so many of them. I forget the names, but uh, he's wearing a jail outfit. And he, he doesn't look funny in it. He looks kind of scary, actually. So when I was a kid, I was like, I was kind of scared of Charlie Chaplin. I didn't really, I wasn't interested in, at all in it. And then I think we saw the gold rush. I think we had like a bad VHS copy of it. And I saw it because I, I remember the house scene where it's sliding back and forth. I remember seeing that as a little kid, but um, I, I never really got into it. And then uh, when Chaplin came out in 1992, the film, my friend Jeff and I, we went to the theater and we saw it and I was just fascinated. I'm like, this is what an incredible story, you know? Actually, coincidentally, my friend Jeff that I saw the movie with, he was born the day that Charlie passed, Christmas Day of 1977. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so when if that comes out at the end of the film, it said, you know, Charlie Chaplin died on mm-hmm. Christmas Day 1977. So we were like, wow, that's his birthday. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so I've always loved that movie over the years. I wa- I've watched it every, you know, maybe every five or ten years. And then I think in 2016, I was at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, and they have this little area where it's like a early 1900s street scene, and then there's a like a Nickelodeon theater. Okay. And you can go in there, you can watch silent films on the on the screen, and there's a you know a piano playing by itself. And in the lobby, there's this poster of uh, Charlie Chaplin, 1 a.m., one of his uh, one of his short films, and the poster just looks look so intriguing to me. And I was like, "That's that looks really cool. I want to, you know, maybe I should check that out and see what what that's all about." So I went home. I um I figured out, you know, what Blu-ray set it was on. I think it was either SNA or Mutual, and I ordered it. And uh, that was my first exposure to it. After that, I got I, I'm like, "Oh, let me get his one of his longer films." I I I started off a way I shouldn't have started off with. I got The Great Dictator first. <laughs> yeah. Now that yeah. you know, everyone Chaplin fans will know that that's the first movie that he spoke in, you know. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. But I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. So it's like, I really wish I would have saved that one for last. You know, I wish should have started earlier, but um, I watched Great Dictator, loved it. Uh, you know, he's playing two roles, and then I think I went backwards from that point. So I, or I just got him randomly, and then... Um, Monsieur Verdu, is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't exactly. do. I'm not. I can't speak French at all. <laughs> no, that's By it. By the way, what what language? I know you speak more than one language. I can tell. Uh, well, my mom's Irish, so uh, we also grew up speaking English. But you know, growing up in in Switzerland, the French part, I I know how to speak French as well. Okay, so like when when I saw you and your dad conversing, if you guys weren't being filmed, would, what language would you be speaking to each other? Um. I would say, well, it's it's quite strange. My father and I will always speak more or less in English, unless we're talking about f- certain French things like names and and whatever. Uh, we kind of dip in and out. Yeah. Uh, but to my sister Kira, he speaks in French, which is quite funny. They've always just spoken in French. Uh, wow. So, but my, my, you know, my dad's very. Uh, he, he speaks both languages very, very, very well. Yeah, he uh, seems, and he, I love hearing him talk. He's so proper and he seems like such a gentleman like a very refined gentleman you know and it was here basically we put the christmas tree the christmas tree the top would reach the first floor yeah 
And uh, my mother, well, there was eight of us, so you can imagine the amount of presents underneath here. And my, my father used to stay in the living room because he would see all this opulence of presents under the tree. It depressed him a bit because he thought it was too much for us. <laughs> but we'd open our presents and then go and see him and say, thank you, Dad, and all that kind of uh, stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I know, you should, you should see him uh, off camera. He's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he... Um, yeah, no, he is. He's very, he's very gentle, and you know, he speaks very nicely of his of his parents, and he has a lot of nice memories. So I'm just happy that I got to share these experiences. Now it's getting to that point where uh, I think it's quite nice. To, I'm lucky enough enough for you know my family background to be documented as well. So yeah, I'm really happy. So I, you know, I'm learning just as much as you guys. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into it. I watched. You know, I, I pretty much got everything on Blu-ray that I could get. I watched it all. I've seen everything numerous times. And uh, yeah, then I think 2018, I, I went back to L.A. on a vacation, uh, went with my dad. And then we went to the first thing we did was uh, we went to the Chaplin studio. We, you know, took pictures outside of it and video and everything. But yeah, it's too bad. There's no kind of tour that you can go on in there, because from what I've heard, it's really the building itself, the foundation. It's pretty much the same as it was. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I interviewed a couple of people about that. Uh uh, the, the guy um, Ketch Sikor from Old Crow Medicine Show mm-hmm. recorded there. He said as well, like it's 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 like it's untouched. And Michael Cartoloni is the drummer from Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've known him for a while, and he's I mean, he's he knows every single detail, you know, about my grandfather's life. And you know, he he recorded there, and he just says that like it, it's just incredible. He went in there with a fine tooth comb and just looked for everything. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's cool. But you need to, uh, obviously, when everything's calmed down, you need to go to Switzerland and uh, check out the museum. I definitely will. That's, that's on my plan. Actually, I have a dog right now. She's, you know, she's 11. So I think maybe in the next few years, once she passes, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take a month off of work and I'm just going to go to Europe. I'm going to go to England, uh, probably Germany, and I'm definitely going to go to Switzerland. I need to go in that museum. I need to yeah, go there. Too. Cause I, yeah. I've been, I'm also a huge Elvis fan and I've been to Graceland like eight times. God, I, don't, I, I would absolutely adore to do that. I'll tell you what, if you uh, come to Switzerland, I'll take you around the museum. Oh, that would be awesome! Yeah, yeah, and uh, but Graceland, I hear it's a really, really cool because you. I mean, the house is pretty much untouched as well. No, yes. It, if you go in there, it's it's like you know he passed in seventy seven. Wait, he died in seventy seven also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. He died like four months before your grandfather did. Wow, <laughs> that's a bad. That's a rough year. <laughs> um, yes two icons passing so closely um yeah but yeah the house is like frozen in time so it's just okay. amazing to go in there and you from the moment you walk in his foyer you just feel the energy you're like this is the staircase that he walked down amazing. this is where he played his piano on the right in the in the room the room with the white furniture and the couch then his his uh dining room is on the left and okay uh, then you go in the jungle room you know, later on in the house and you're just like, wow, they recorded a, you know, an album here. And, uh, that's really cool. Huh? It's phenomenal. And I saw a, uh, a, a video or is it pictures or video? I think it's a video. Didn't he have a, like a, is it a squash court or something with, uh, with like a studio? Did he have a studio in there? I don't know, but there's a squash court. I know with like a, like seating and everything, like a little party area or something. Yeah. So it's a, he got really into racquetball in the mid seventies. So he built on his property, he built a a state of the art racquetball building. Yeah. So you walk in there and and the first thing is the lounge. There's these, you know, they look old now. They look like, you know, kind of tacky now, but I love it. Like it's these beautiful (laughs) brown leather couches and all these chairs and everything. And there's a, an old, I think it's a Muhammad Ali pinball machine. And then you go down and then there's the the big racquetball court. But now it's just, I think they have like all his costumes and his uh, 70s jumpsuits in that room. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I need to, I need to go there. So the, the, the museum in Switzerland is, is very similar uh, to that. So you've got the house and the garden, right? Mm-hmm. And the, which are, you know, I would say pretty much untouched from, uh, especially when we were living there. Uh, it's pretty much all the all the same uh and then but then after you got this other bit called the studio 
and it's you know it's really interactive you go through old film sets you see how certain things were done for his films uh how things were filmed and there's just so much to kind of do so it's it's, it's really really impressive I, I think they've done a great job yeah it, it, i've seen so many pictures and videos of it i just i need to go there so bad so that's <laughs> one thing to- i will definitely do Okay, I'm I'm gonna plan maybe a uh, a part t- two of the of the tour. So uh, once that's out, obviously, uh, we'll see. I, yeah. If I can get back to Switzerland and I can film, then I will. Yeah, are you able to go? Like, how hard is it for you to travel right now? Is it just completely locked uh, right down? now? Right now in London, but well, not a, yeah. I mean, in England, it's 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 complete lockdown. I mean, <sighs> like they're not they don't want anyone to leave. So I've, I'm just at home. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know. It's, it's all right. It's not so bad. Yeah. Again, this has been a huge honor for me. I can't thank you enough for coming on my show. You know, you're like royalty. You're descended from royalty. <laughs> uh, this is really amazing that I've uh, got you on my show. So I want to thank you once again. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Yeah. So, uh, no, well, thank you, first of all, for, uh, you know, you always say very nice things about my videos, which is yes. very cool. And it's an absolute pleasure to come on. So, uh, yeah, you can check me out on well, there's Chaplin Talks on Instagram and YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can check out all episodes there. And there's uh, Spencer Chaplin 1 on Instagram. For If you find me on Instagram, you're going to find everything else. All right. Thank you, Spencer Chaplin. Hey, no worries. Thank you very much, huh? Well, that's the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Spencer Chaplin. Please support everything Spencer's doing. Follow him on Instagram at SpencerChaplin1, and you can find all his links on there. Check out his music in the iTunes store, and follow Chaplin Talks on YouTube. Season 2 is going to be dropping soon, and Spencer has already revealed that one of the guests for Season 2 is the legendary Tito Jackson from the Jackson 5. Thanks again, everyone. Bye for now. Bye for now.